Yes, as your brother in Christ, I bring a message from Dad, from our Father in Heaven. And, um, you know, this year, so 2022, um, you know, I've been last year praying about, Lord, where do you want our church to go? What do we need to emphasize? And I really felt that for this year, for 2022, the theme for this year, the focus is going to be, 20, you know, 2022 is a year to connect, a year of connection. And the reason for that is that many of us are feeling so disconnected, right? This pandemic's been dragging on, and so it's caused us to not really feel that sense of connection to our church family, just as Chrissy said, uh, but also many times feel disconnected to God, because those two things are actually uh, very related. Um, so we need to really focus on connecting to God. And here in January, I'm just going to have a short series on this, connecting to God, connecting to one another, and connecting to our community. But this is going to be our theme throughout the year. So we're going to have to keep returning to it, especially because, you know, when I plan this, I'm like, yeah, we're going to be coming out of the pandemic. It's going to, we're going to connect together and we're going to do, and now with this surge, we're, we're, it's going to take a little bit longer, right? That we, we still are having... Um, we have challenges. We have barriers to connection. Now, that doesn't mean we can't connect. It just means there's extra difficulty in that, and that perhaps that coming out time of coming out from the pandemic, maybe it's going to be a little bit later in the year. But even if, I don't want, I hate to say it, even if we're stuck in the pandemic for the whole year, we still have to connect, right? We still have to, for our own health, right, for, to, to fulfill our mission, we have to connect to God, connect to one another, and to connect to our community. Uh, so today I want to focus on connecting to God. And it's so crucial because, you know, when we, like, I'm very goal-oriented, aren't I, Wendy? Yeah, she's like, yeah, I wish he wasn't. So I, I've actually grown a lot. I've, I'm a much more relational than I used to be. I used to be like, give me the goal, we will do it. I don't care what, you know. But... Um, and so when we look to connect to one another as a church, or when we look to connect to our community and share the gospel, we, we can't do that on our own power. If we try to do that on our own power, our love, our patience, it only goes so far. We need God's love, God's patience, God's, His Holy Spirit and His power to truly connect to one another on a deeper level and to connect with our community. So that's why it always starts. When it, talking about this year of connection, it always starts with connecting to God. And that's not just for this year. That's for all the time, right? That when we pray for revival, for instance, where does that start? That revival starts when we connect with God. He transforms us. Then he transforms the church made up of his people. And then he starts transforming the community. But it's always that way, connecting to God first. And really, that's what Chrissy was saying. I was like, hey, Chrissy, let me, you know, I should slip her my notes because she's going, like, she's exactly right that first we often go here or there. We got to connect with God. We have to first understand who God is. And then he also lets us know who we are, and then we can go about his mission. But that's always the case. Um, but it's especially this, the case this year. And I want to say... I mean, I know a lot of us are thinking, yeah, of course, connect to God. Isn't that what we always do? Yes, it is. But, I don't know about you, but a lot of times when I actually look at my practice, in other words, what do I actually do hour by hour, do I really connect with God? 
constantly? Do I pray without ceasing? Do I practice his presence? So Brother Lawrence Frank Laubach, some some other cool Quaker guys and and Catholic guys, um, they, they talk about this idea of practicing God's presence, meaning, yeah, we know God is present theoretically in our mind, even even we believe that, but do we practice his presence? Do we daily, constantly connect with him? We just sang that song, Lord, I need you, need you every hour I need you. Do, do we really practice that, where we connect with God every single hour? So that's my goal. Every year, I say, God, I want to practice your presence. And more this year, I want to constantly be in prayer. I want to constantly be aware of you. I want to constantly connect you because I do need you every hour. Some days, I'll, it's, it's almost as if we're, pra, uh, we're functional atheists, what I mean by that is, yeah, we believe in God, but the way we function, the way we, so we, pr- we think a lot, but do we pray a lot? Well, if we think a lot, but we don't pray a lot, kind of like functional atheists. Or we, we, um, we make a lot of decisions, but are those decisions based on guidance from God and our connection with God? Well, if not, we're functioning we're functional atheists. Or in our interactions with one another, is it inspired by the Spirit? And our deep connection with God causes us to treat one another differently. Well, if not, again, we're functional atheists. I don't want to be a functional atheist. And so we need to connect with God constantly, practice His presence. And that constant connection, it is a struggle. I know a lot of you are probably like me, where sometimes you'll get at the end of the day, you'll check in, you'll connect with God, and you look back at your day, and you're like, wow, there was a whole, like the whole big chunk of the day, did I even connect with God, or was I just on autopilot? And the thing is, with my autopilot, I usually crash. <laughs> um, so we need to constantly connect, and it, it can be a struggle, but connecting with God in is actually simple. It's a struggle to do it constantly, but the actual act of connecting with God, it can be very simple. It is very simple. Um, so, for instance, I want to say hello to Lisa Longpre. Hi, Lisa. See, she's sitting way back there. Hey, hi, Lisa. Um, now, she's been back there for a while. I didn't get to connect with her earlier today because, you know, she's doing her, the security thing, right? But I just, what did I do? I just said, I just connected with her, even though she's back there. I, I actively connected with her. That's what it's like. That's how simple it is to connect with God. It's simply saying, God, and, and, and focusing our attention, inclining our heart towards him, and not just speaking, but also listening. Right? And so, you know, if Lisa could have said something like, oh, hi, Pastor Joe. How you doing? We could have had a conversation, especially since there's not many people here. We could have heard one another. But see, that's how simple connecting with God is. And and here's the good news, that God wants that too. It's not just we want to connect with God. The fact is, God wants to connect with us. in In his Bible, there's so many promises where God says, if you reach out to me, if you connect with me, I'll be there. I'm near. For instance, Psalm 145, 18 says, the Lord is near to those who call upon him. So you want to connect with God? The scripture says, well, call upon him. Connect with him. Or how about this scripture that we're going to look more deeply in? This is Jeremiah 29, verse 11 through 14. The promise of scripture is when we earnestly desire and ask for God to be near, he's near. 
When we call out to him, he shows up. Now, this scripture, it's very popular, the first verse 11, but really in context, the, the, um, and you know I'm going to look at the context, the weight is on these next verses. So let me read it, and then we will um, look at it in context. So Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I've driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. So the context of these verses is that God is promising Israel that if they call upon him, he will respond. He will be there. And it's so crucial that he's making this promise because the context is they're about to go into exile. So a lot of us like to claim 2911, oh, God's plans for me are good and all this. And so I expect unicorns and rainbows everywhere I go. But the thing, <laughs> exactly. But the thing is, is that God gives this promise, but the Babylonians are about to come and, and kill many of their relatives and take them captive, take them exile somewhere. And so they're thinking, oh, is God, is God done with us? And he is saying, no, no, it's, it's bad. You're in a bad way. Yes, these, uh, uh, in, the, in the next several years, next 70 years, like you will be in exile from your homeland. The temple where you wor worship is going to be destroyed. But don't think that I've abandoned you. Rather, if you call out to me, if you seek me, you will find me, even in a foreign land, even if you're in Babylon, even though the temple is in ruins, if you reach out to me, I am there. That's the promise here. It's not promise for unicorns and rainbows. It's, pro it's a promise for God's presence. And that's pretty simple, isn't it? Right? Verse 12, like, you will call upon me, you'll come and pray to me, I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So you want God to enter into your life. You want to connect to God in 2022? I, I hope you do. I do. Well, then take him up on his promise. Call out to him daily. So, yeah, you might say, yeah, oh, I, I prayed the sinner's prayer back in 1992, connected with God then. And that's great, but I need God every day. I want to connect with him daily. So we daily check in with him. I, again, as I mentioned earlier, I need him every hour. So if I need him every hour, if I want his presence in my life every hour, then I connect with him every hour. That's the goal. I'll give you an example. So, you know, many of us have our, our smartphones, right? And we constantly... Depending on, on how old you are, some of you, it's not totally an age thing, but if you're under 50, you probably are always connecting on your phone, right? You're constantly looking at it. Oh, there's an email. Oh, there's a message from Facebook. Someone's saying, is church service on? Uh, you know, um, we constantly connect with our phone. Why? Well, because we know that, all right, I want to connect. I want to connect to information, right? Because I get my news on here. I want to connect with friends because I get the emails and, and all sorts of messages on there. So we constantly connect with our phone. What if, 
what if we connected with God as much as we connected on our phone? Now, if you're like, I don't have a cell phone. How about we, you connect with God as often as you turn the television on? Or whatever it is where we say, oh, I want to connect. I want to connect to the wider world. I want to know what's going on or whatever. What if we connected with God as much as that? It would be a banner year. It would be truly a year. 2022 would be a year of connection with God. So what, what can you do? Well, what if you try to build it in your habit, like, all right, 2022, I'm, I'm gonna, I want to uh, connect with God. So every time I'm about to check my phone, I'm first going to connect with God before I even open that puppy. Or on my lock screen, I'm going to put a little message like, connect with God, or, a, or, or Psalm 145.18, the Lord is near to those who call upon him, to remind me, oh yeah, I need to connect with God, because his presence and my connection with him is so much more important, so much more foundational than my connection with anyone else in the universe. Or again, maybe you're a television person, you'd like to watch the news every morning, every afternoon. Well, instead of filling your mind with that stuff, what if you fill your mind with Jesus and then watch the news? I won't, I'm really tempted to go on a rant, but, <laughs> but you know, one thing as a pastor is I can tell what news you watch, you know that? I can tell what news you watch by how you interpret the scriptures, and that is sad because it should be the opposite. We should interpret the news, the things that we watch through scripture, but if we're spending, you know, uh, 20 hours a week filling our mind with, again, whatever your favorite news is, and only one hour in the scripture, one hour connecting with God, well, guess who's going to have more influence? And so it's one of those things, as I talk with my pastor friends, we're always like, ah, you know, everyone, inter people interpret the scriptures through their, whatever, their political lens or whatever, and it should be the opposite. Well, that's why we need to connect with God so much. We need him every hour. And I'm not saying I don't do it. I, I see that in myself, and that's why I want even more. To be like, no, no, God, I need more of you and less of all this other stuff. So let's connect with him. Connect with him constantly. So there's the promise, right? Take God up on his promise to connect with him. It's as, it's as simple as saying, all right, God, I'm, I'm inclining my heart to you. And that's the promise. That's the good news. That's a wonderful thing. And so let's say we're doing that, we're, we're doing that more than we check our cell phones, then in 2022, like, oh, that's a, a great year, but I want to give you a warning. And that is that even though you're checking in with God, even though he is near to you, remember who you're asking into your life. Because just because God is as near as a friend, because he is our heavenly father, yes, all of this is true, just because he's in your life, just because he's your heavenly father doesn't mean he's your butler doesn't mean he's your curated news feed. You know what I mean by that? In, in other words, when you do have a cell phone and you watch, you look at the news, they curate the news for you. In other words, they track the news that you, co you collect so that it's exactly what you would want. And so you're always getting all the things you want. God's not like that. When we connect with God, he's not our curated news feed. He's God. He's the God of the universe. And so when we connect with him, the good news is he's a loving father, but he is still God. We have to remember that. So that when we do connect with him, uh, or I like how uh, Peter, when he preached a couple weeks ago, he compared it to uh, God's not your appliance. I thought that was a great illustration. That, you know, you just you toast when you need him, you plug him in, use him, and sort of put him on the counter. 
No, God is still God. So, uh, so for instance, in Isaiah chapter 6, the prophet Isaiah connects with God in a very intimate and powerful way. He gets, he gets a vision of God in his throne room. And you know his reaction? It's, woe is me. I am ruined. I'm a man of unclean lips. He's like, falling out. Because he realizes God is God. He's powerful. And he's wonderful. And he's free of sin. So I say this because when it comes to connecting with God, are we connecting with God for who he really is? Or are we connecting with the image of God that we've created of him? It's so crucial to connect with God for who he really is and not the God of our own making if we want to truly have his presence, his power beyond ourselves. So connection, it's a two-way street. So yes, we connect with God, but realize that it's all based on the fact he's already connected with us. He's not only our creator, but as we look at Jesus, he's our savior. So we can connect with God as, and again, Chrissy, that was a great illustration of, you know, it's not like Bette Midler from a distance. And some of some people are like, what is that song? Go listen to it. It's, but, but it's like, yeah, God's unknowable and I'm just reaching out to him. No, it's that God has connected that when you look at the scriptures, it is a picture of a God who is constantly connecting with his people. That he's calling, he calls Abraham to himself. And then he calls Moses. And, and then ultimately he reveals himself through Jesus so that when we come to God, we aren't, we're coming to a God who's already connected. And that also, that's good news, but that also means that God has revealed himself and, and what kind of God he is. It's not a God that we make up. A lot of people, when you, when you tell them about, all right, well, you know, I, I believe this or this, and they're like, well, why? I'm like, well, because it's in the Bible. And they're like, well, so what? Just don't believe that part. But see, as, as Bible-believing Christians, we don't pick and choose. We, we say that God, he reveals himself through the scriptures. And so I want to trust God and I want to follow the God for who he really is, not who I want him to be, not the God that I make up in my mind. And so a part of connecting to God is connecting with the real God for who he really is. But if, if your God never challenges you, if your God never rocks your world, if your God never offends you or baffles you, then you're probably not connecting to the transcendent God of the universe. You're probably just connecting to the God that's in your mind. I'm telling you straight up. Because God's bigger than us. He's so much bigger. And so I'm assuming there will be times when he steps into my life and says, knock it off. <laughs> or your priorities are messed up. Or you're, you're doing this, and it's really not even helpful or healthy for you or for others. So that's one of the, the reasons that we should expect that when we connect with God, yes, he's there, but he's so much bigger than us. And, and so when I say that, that when God enters into our life, we should expect him to change us, to rock our world, that doesn't mean you should be terrified of God. It should be a sobering prospect, like, oh, yes, this is really God. This is the God of the universe. But God, again, has revealed himself. And he is not only a God of almighty power, he's created and sustains all things, but he's also revealed himself to be like a loving father who has our best interest in mind. And if you think about that, you know, a parent is more qualified to rule their, their two-year-old's life 
because that two-year-old doesn't make good decisions, can, doesn't understand things. And God is, when he reveals himself, he reveals himself like a loving father. And he can make de- better decisions. He has more wisdom. Uh, he can give us what we need to grow and mature. And that's how Jesus, uh, he presents God that way when talking about prayer. So in Matthew chapter 7, uh, verse 7 through 11, Jesus is talking about prayer. And he, he says this, he says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? Jesus is using a a very common rabbinical technique, lesser to greater. He's saying, all right, you, as parents of your children, you give good things to them. How much more will the Father in heaven, who invented love, who is love, give good things to those who ask him. Good, give good, uh, good things. And I think here's one of those examples where I'm like, is Jesus, is he kind of being funny here? Is he making a joke? And that it's, it's a crazy picture. It's like, which of your son asks for bread, would he give him a stone? It's like, Daddy, can I have some bread? No, kid, have a stone. It's like, you know, and same thing with like the plank eye thing. Is Jesus kind of using comedy to, to really get his point across? I don't know because I wasn't there and, and don't know the intonations, but it, it's because that's crazy. Everyone goes, yeah, that's crazy. Parents wouldn't do that to their kid. And he's saying, yeah, so why do you think God would not give you good things? You trust him. And of course, it's as simple as Jesus says, well, no, just ask, come, ask, knock. Like any child who's asking of their parent, their parent wants to give them good things. Their parent, when, when a child of, you know, it's kind of rainy and, and all that out, child knocking on the door after playing outside, oh, I want to come in. No, kid, I'm not going to let you in. No, of course, their parent says, you know, you maybe wipe your feet, but yes, no, come in. That's the analogy here. And it's so simple. Like a child, we call out to God, and he's our heavenly father, he shows up, and he gives us good things. Now, of course, we want to make it more complicated than that. We want to point out, well, sometimes we ask for something, and God doesn't, doesn't do it. Well, sh- should we really expect anything different? I mean, my kids ask for stuff all the time, and it wasn't good for them. I've used this analogy before, but whenever I used my chainsaw, my son, when he was a toddler, two years old, three years old, he'd see me using the chainsaw, and the thing, he'd, he'd want to use the chainsaw. He loved the chainsaw. I mean, he, wa- he was upset that I didn't say, oh, here, you, you try it out, Isaiah. You know, have at it. That would have been very bad if I gave him that chainsaw. And especially now that he plays, uh, you know, now that he plays video games, like, um, what's, that, what's that game you guys play? The one where you walk around the island? Well, anyways, there's one you walk around on the island, and Abby doesn't like to play it with him because Isaiah goes and he deforces the whole island. Yeah, Animal Crossing, that's right. You know, when they play together, it's like, oh, a tree, chop it down, chop it down. It's like, deforest the whole island. They're like, come on. Um, so it's not, good. <laughs> it's not good. Like, it wouldn't be good to give him that chainsaw. Not just for his own health, but for the health of the environment. Um, <laughs> and so 
But here, even again, so we're saying God will give good things to those who ask, but here even I'm reluctant because we immediately, what do we immediately do when we talk about prayer? Prayer is connection with God. We immediately start moving into transaction mode. In other words, oh, I ask God for something, and then he gives it, and how can I guarantee this transaction? And yes, we can ask God for anything, but we really need to see, look at prayer as a connection with God. That, yeah, we can ask for stuff, but really it's about connecting with God. It's about calling out to God, and he is near. Now, when God is near and he shows up, all sorts of possibilities open up, and and so he gives us good things. But we need to stop thinking of it as primarily a transaction and more of a connection. That's why I think Luke in his gospel, uh, so, you know, uh, we read from Matthew and Luke gospel has some of the same teaching. Uh, but look, look at how he, if you put that slide up that compares. Um, yeah, Luke eleven thirteen. Remember, in Matthew, it's, it's, it goes pretty much the same. It says, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father, and Matthew says, give good things to those who ask? What does it say here? It says, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Now, what I think Luke is doing is they're saying the same thing, but Luke wants to emphasize that, no, no, God, when you call out to God, God give, no matter what happens, no matter what you get or don't get, you, you get God's presence. So you're already a winner. Like, you've already received the most gr- awesome thing in the universe. You've already received the greatest gift, God himself. He can't give you anything better than himself. And so think of prayer as connection, not transaction. Now, in the process, will God give good things? Yes, Jesus says that. He's like, yeah, he's a loving father, so you can't ask him for anything. But, but let's keep in mind that it's primarily about connection. And it's not that we can't ask for things. Jesus encourages that. It's also, though, that our concept of a good thing gets so twisted so easily that God can give us a good thing, and we don't even see it. For instance, God gives us himself. Right? I just said there's nothing better, nothing greater than God. We cry out to him. God says, okay, I'm showing up in your life. You feel my presence. And we're like, well, God, why, why can't I find a job? See, it, it's not that God doesn't care about your job. He does, and he wants to give you good things. It's just that... You, we're blind to the thing because we so easily turn prayer into a transaction that's centered on, guess who? Us. Not centered on God, but centered on us. And, and God's, he's the God of the universe. He wants to switch that around. Yes, he wants to give us good things, but he primarily wants that close connection and relationship with us so that he can change our values, our priorities. And when he gives truly good things, we actually see them and we don't miss them. Now, I know our pride doesn't like that analogy of comparing us to children, to two-year-olds. But it's, even as adults, we are so woefully ignorant. We lack the power to do almost anything. I mean, I have neither the know-how nor the power to control the environment, so I really wish it wasn't freezing rain out. I can't do anything about it. Or this pandemic, you know, I get all my shots, get my boosters, but... I I could still get COVID. It's out of my control. I can't keep my family from being harmed. Um, Heck, when we moved into our our house, I couldn't even use the oven for a while. 
because it's a gas oven. I never use an oven before. Like, that's how limited I am. And here's the thing is that with God, we, we try to cling to the little bit of, we realize that, right? We realize life is so out of control. We struggle to control the little bit of things we do have. And so when God shows up and says, oh, you know, I actually want to take some of that control away from you because I want to be helping you, guiding you, telling you how to live. We cling to that. We, we don't want to lose that little bit of control we have. But it's so worth it. Because, yeah, we might give up a little bit of more control to God, but the number of possibilities opens up exponentially. So that now things that were impossible are possible because God's involved. Yeah, maybe he's taking the wheel, he's taking control, but now the sky's the limit. No, no, sky's not even the limit. Because <laughs> he's, all right. Uh, All right, I know many of you are thinking, well, wouldn't that just be a good time to stop your sermon? <laughs> just one more point. So we need to take God up on his promises and connect with him constantly. So why not ask him? Why not make 2022 a year to connect, a year to connect with God? How? How do we do that? All right, so we're going to skip that Hebrew skip scripture. How, like... So, so you may be like, yes, okay, I, I get it. I really want to connect with God this year. I need him. I need him every hour. I need him. I want to practice his presence. Uh, again, a lot like I've been thinking for a long time, and every year I make this kind of commitment. How do we do that? Well, first, why not when you rise up, when you lay down, connect with God? Say, God, um, today's a new day. I, I want to check in with you. You know, what do you have for me? Keep my eyes open to what you're doing in my life. When you lay down to bed, same thing, God. Uh, this day as I look back on it, you know, I saw this or that. Or not, like I said, why not do a, a fast where you maybe fast from your phone and every time you want to check it, you connect with God until you get into that habit or your TV. Again, there's things we can do to make this a year of connection. Also, we connect with God based on God's connection with us. So that if you have never before connected with God through Jesus Christ, that's what you need to do. When Jesus came, he says, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. What is repentance? It's simply saying, acknowledging my sins separate me from God, and I don't want to be separated from God. So I repent. I turn from those, and instead I cling to Jesus. I cling to his sacrifice. I cling to the fact that because of his sacrifice, anything that would separate me from God, my sins, all of that has been done away with. So I step away from that stuff, and I step into Jesus based on God's connection. And based on God's connection also means why not pray and connect to God through his word? Right? God's connected to us through his word. He's revealed his will. 
So why not reinforce that existing connection? Right? You know that God has connected with you through his word. So that's like him sending you an email. Why don't you read it? And sometimes you can reply to emails where you just, you know, you include the original message to make sure you're hitting those things that, that uh, the sender gave. That's what praying the scripture is. And so put that next slide up on, um, I think it's Jeremiah. Yeah, we just covered Jeremiah 29, 13. You'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Why not pray that? Why not say, acknowledge that? Wake up and say, God, I, I understand your promise. I'm trusting in it. Or Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. That's a very famous psalm. Why not connect with God through that? Acknowledge, Lord, you're my shepherd. You're my shepherd today. Or Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. I'm the bread of life. We can pray that kind of stuff. And understand that because it's inspired by God, because God has already connected us through those scriptures, then we know we're connecting to him in a way that transforms us and is according to his word. Or, or simply, the, the blind beggars, when they saw Jesus, they just cried out, Lord, have mercy on me. A lot of times, that's all we can muster, right? We don't even know how to pray. We know, I, I can't see things. I'm, uh, I'm so limited. So, I'm just going to cry out, God, have mercy on me, because I know he's a merciful God. And that kind of prayer, that simple, heartfelt, but full of faith kind of heart that says, I know if I cry out to God, he'll be near, that just simply says, Lord, have mercy on me, that is a more uh, powerful, connecting kind of prayer than some memorized prayer that we just do by rote. So connect with God. And then finally, the, the last point, if you really want to connect with God, would be corporate connection. That God speaks through his people. God speaks through the Spirit when we gather together. So whenever two or three are gathered in his name, he's here in our midst. There's, there's something about, yes, we can connect with God wherever we are, but there's something about connecting with one another that helps us connect with God. We're going to talk more about that next week. Uh, but also, when we connect with one another, when we gather together, we get to connect with God even more. So, for instance, those songs, some of the songs we sang, those songs are prayers. Those songs are, are scriptures. They're a way to connect with God because we can connect with God when we're praising him and praying. Like, those two things go hand in hand. And, and yeah, I can sing at home by myself, but it's not very good. I would rather have a, a, a a, a, a team of worshipers helping me worship the song. And so we do that together. Also, that's what tonight's about. I told you if I forgot an announcement, I'd work it into my sermon. Tonight we have a, a praise and prayer night. That's where there's just, and I'm facilitating that. Uh, Nancy Hebert's going to be doing the music. And so if, if you're watching online today, tonight, the weather's supposed to be better. You might want to come out for that at 6. And what it is is we just gather together because we want, and, and there's just a very short kind of devotional thought, but it's mostly praise and mostly prayer because we want to break free from that sort of transactional mindset and just be like, I just want to connect with God. Now, in the midst of it, do we, end, we end up praying for one another and all sorts of stuff. But we acknowledge that there's something about gathering together when we really want to connect with God. So any of those things and all of those things, if we want... 2022 to be a year of connection, then let's step forward in all of these things, and let's, let's pray. Dear God, we repent for all of the ways that we've made connection with you into a transaction centered on us. 
Lord, I pray for each one of us here and watching online. You would show us how, God, how of all of these different ways, or even more, there's so many ways to connect with you, that you want us to really work on and step into in 2022, because, Lord, we need you. We acknowledge that. Lord, you are the king of our hearts. And, we, Lord, we want you to, to, to be the king of our hearts even more today than you were, you were yesterday. So we acknowledge that and lift this time up to you. Lord, do what you will in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen.